Ben Shapiro here, and you're about to listen to the audio-only version of Debunked, my newest series, where I dismantle and debunk a common leftist myth each episode in 15 minutes or less. If you like what you hear, head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe, use promo code DEBUNKED for 20% off, and become a member today. This is the only way to get the full experience. The show has a documentary feel with amazing visuals to help guide you through a plethora of stats and facts. And you can binge the entire first season right now on The Daily Wire. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe and use promo code DEBUNKED for 20% off. We've got a very different kind of sponsor for this episode, The Jordan Harbinger Show, which is a podcast you really should be listening to. I know that every day somebody tells you you just have to listen to some podcast and you nod and say, sure, and then you don't listen to it. Don't let that happen here. Jordan's show, which Apple named one of its best of 2018, is aimed at making you a better informed, more critical thinker so you can get a sense of how the world actually works and come to your own conclusions about what's happening even inside your own brain. Each episode is a conversation with a different fascinating guest. And when I say there's something for everyone here, I really mean that. In one episode, Jordan talks to a hostage negotiator from the FBI who offers techniques on how to get people to like and trust you, which sounds useful and disturbing at the same time. Another episode tells the story of a cinematographer who discovered a lost city in the jungle and made one of the most important archaeological finds of the century. You can also check out Jordan's conversations with people like Leah Remini, Steve Madden, and Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North. Another reason to support Jordan Harbinger is that the woke mob is going after him these days because his show has a bunch of diverse opinions and teaches people how to think versus what to think. So we should show him some support. Otherwise, only the other side gets a voice. If that's not worth checking out, I'm not sure what is. We here at Daily Wire really enjoy the show. We really think you will, too. There's just a lot here. Check out jordanharbinger.com slash start for some episode recommendations or search The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Whenever you're away from home, taking a family road trip or getting some outdoor adventure, you need to plan for the safety of yourself and your family. If you don't feel comfortable carrying a firearm or even pepper spray, Taser products are safe and easy to use. Taser gives you the tool you need to protect yourself and your family safely. The people at Taser believe that safer self-defense is better self-defense. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you or in your glove compartment or purse, yet they are powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. Guns carry unnecessary risks for you and those around you sometimes, and even pepper spray can harm you as much as an attacker, and sometimes it's ineffective. Taser products are safer and easy to use. They use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds, allowing you time to escape and send emergency dispatch to your GPS location. Taser devices come loaded with features like laser-assisted targeting and emergency dispatch, which will send response teams to your GPS location upon firing. More than 237,000 lives have been saved with the Taser network of devices, apps, and personnel. And now, you can own a Taser device, the number one choice of law enforcement agencies. Protect yourself and your family with Taser's line of smart, self-defense products. Taser devices are available without a permit in most U.S. states. Get the Taser Pulse Plus or Taser Strike Light at taser.com with promo code DEBUNKED. Save 15% now at taser.com, promo code DEBUNKED. That's spelled T-A-S-E-R.com, promo code DEBUNKED. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We're going to begin with what's being called Climate Day over at the White House. This is Climate Day here at the White House. Let me get to it. Today uh, is Climate Day at the White House. You've heard that climate change is going to put an end to all life on Earth, that it puts civilization in existential peril. In five years, scientists predict we will have the first ice-free Arctic summer. That exposes more ocean to sunlight 
Ocean is dark. The stakes on climate change couldn't be any higher than they are right now. That if we don't take drastic action, hundreds of millions, perhaps even billions of human beings are going to die. In my view, we've already waited too long to deal with this climate crisis. We can't wait any longer. These are lies. Let's begin with what climate change is. According to William Nordhaus, the Nobel Prize winning economist, quote, the ultimate source of global warming is the burning of fossil or carbon-based fuels, such as coal, oil, and natural gas, which leads to emissions of carbon dioxide, CO2. These greenhouse gases accumulate in the atmosphere, where they result in feedback loops that increase global temperatures. Increased global temperatures have a variety of follow-on effects, ranging from rising sea levels, to storm frequency, to ocean acidification. Possible impacts. Well, there's serious debate over how much the world will warm over the course of the next century. The Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change estimates that the global climate will warm somewhere between 2 degrees Celsius and 4 degrees Celsius above the mean temperature during the 1850 to 1900 period. That's a pretty large range. There's also significant uncertainty about sensitivity of the climate to carbon emissions. As NASA Goddard Institute of Space Studies director Gavin Schmidt explains, climate sensitivity has, quote, quite a wide uncertain range, and that has big implications for how serious human-made climate change will be. There's wide uncertainty about the impact with regard to climate change. Will human beings be able to adapt? How many, quote-unquote, shock events will occur? It's impossible to predict shock events, of course, but we can, at the very least, attempt to quantify the probabilities. This allows us to quantify the sacrifices we should make in the here and now to prevent significant possibility of future damage. So, what exactly should we do? Uncertainties about the impact of climate change lie at the heart of climate change policy. How much should we sacrifice current economic well-being and future economic growth for the sake of stabilizing the environment? In essence, there are two possible pathways toward dealing with climate change, mitigation and adaptation. Human beings are really good at adaptation. The costs of mitigation are extremely high. Nordhaus, for example, has suggested that people ought to accept that a certain amount of global warming is baked into the cake and that we're going to be able to adapt to it, but that we ought to work on curbing global warming outside of that range. Nordhaus suggests that the cost of mitigating global warming to less than 2.0 degrees Celsius over the course of the next 100 years far exceeds the future damages that would occur from such a climate change. So you shouldn't bother to try and mitigate below that level. Nordhaus suggests that we ought to try measures to contain climate change to 3.5 degrees Celsius over the course of the next century. Experts in politicized science have no problem proposing radical solutions to climate change, which just coincidentally happen to align perfectly with left-wing political recommendations. Those who disagree are quickly slandered as climate deniers, no matter their acceptance of IPCC climate change estimates. We don't have time for a meeting of the Flat Earth Society. Greta, how are you? Oh, I'm good. It is very good to see you again. Very good to see you. Thank you so much for stopping by to say hello. Thank you for having me. Of course. Well, you're changing the world, so we're very excited to have you. Thus, the media tried out Greta Thunberg, a scientifically unqualified teenage climate activist who travels the world, obnoxiously lecturing adults about their lack of commitment to curbing climate change. You all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. They trot her out as an expert, and they ignore actual scientific voices on climate change. In truth, very little can be done about climate change in terms of regulation without seriously harming the economy. To abide by the Paris Agreement guidelines, for example, would cost, by Heritage Foundation estimates, at least $20,000 
income loss per family by 2035 and a total aggregate GDP loss of $2.5 trillion. And as even the UN Environment Program found in 2017, if every major country kept to its pledges under the much-ballyhooed Paris Agreement, the Earth will still warm at least 3 degrees Celsius by 2100. In fact, even if the United States were to cut its carbon emissions 100%, the world would be 0.2 degrees Celsius cooler by 2100. To reach net zero carbon emissions worldwide by 2050 via Representative Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez's infamous Green New Deal would cost the typical family of four $8,000 every single year. This would require them raising taxes. There's an element where, yeah, people are going to have to start paying their fair share in taxes. Proposals for global carbon taxes are also highly unlikely to become reality. There are simply too many developing countries reliant on carbon-based forms of energy. So, what exactly should we do? I'm not suggesting that nothing can be done about climate change. We should be pushing for research and development into better energy storage. One of the big problems with solar and wind energy is that the energy must essentially be used as soon as it's generated. We should also be cheering on America's fracking industry, which has redirected energy use from more carbon-intensive industries. That's the reason for America's carbon emissions reduction over the past few years. We should be pushing for the use of nuclear energy and for research and development into how to make it cheaper. As Bjorn Lomborg, former director of Danish government Environmental Assessment Institute, writes, nuclear energy doesn't emit carbon dioxide. Perhaps surprisingly, nuclear energy is also very safe. We could also invest R&D dollars into carbon-sucking technologies, machines capable of sucking carbon emissions from the air. Then there's adaptation. First, we should be promoting capitalism, which increases living standards around the globe, thus making people in poverty less vulnerable to the ravages of climate change. You aren't all that worried about climate change personally because you probably live in a globally wealthy area with access to resources. Making everybody more wealthy means more ability to withstand the risks of climate change. We should also be investing in adaptive measures like seawalls and artificial nourishment, essentially adding sand to beaches, and we should be looking at new technologies like geoengineering, which can actually change the climate itself. Yet those who promote these policies are treated as deniers. Those who shout that the world is ending and the only solution is massive economic redistributionism are treated as truth speakers. The world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. And your biggest issue is... Your your biggest issue is how are we going to pay for it? And This should alert you to the real agenda for many who promote climate change hysteria. Remaking the global economy, not preventing or mitigating the effects of climate change. So this issue is not just about our climate. These are not different problems. These are all part of the same problem. The Green New Deal is an economic boon for the many that contrasts with the current profits of planetary extraction. If you want to take climate change seriously, you have to look at real solutions. And if you want to solve the problem of climate change, you have to view it as an actual problem, not merely as some sort of horrible dystopia that we must embrace socialism in order to avoid. The reason the left has to put focus on climate change is because you need a crisis in order to incentivize people to engage in strategies that really affect their lives in nasty ways. Our plans are ambitious, but we are America. We're bold. A mistake that many on the right make is to simply say that they don't believe that global warming is happening at all. The truth is, global warming is happening. We're not sure exactly to what extent. And because of that uncertainty, it makes zero sense to spend trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars mitigating a problem that may not be nearly as severe as the left suggests it is, especially when those trillions of dollars are spent in pursuit of actual policies that may not mitigate climate change in the first place. We can do this. We must do this. And we will do this. 
I have been to high-level conferences with climate scientists from top universities, all of whom behind closed doors will tell you exactly the same thing that I am telling you right now. But then, as soon as the doors open, they'll walk out front and explain that if we don't embrace AOC's Green New Deal, then you must be some sort of climate denier. You keep hearing over and over and over that climate change is going to kill us all. It's absolute nonsense. If you enjoyed that audio-only version of Debunked, you will love the video version. And this episode is just the tip of the iceberg. Get the entire first season available right now exclusively at The Daily Wire. The show looks fantastic, has a documentary feel, there are some amazing visuals. Plus, you can get my show notes with links and resources to all of the data used all in one place when you're a member. Become a member today. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe and use promo code Debunked for 20% off.